Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. I'm here with a genuine Jersey boy himself, oh, Andrew Lorenzo. Um, what are we here to talk about today? I don't know. Catch up on what we've been doing, yeah. and then got a couple of articles from the World Wide Webs. Yeah, yeah, the World Wide Webs. Yeah. Web-headed. Just have a bit of a chat, keep the routine going, because, you know, we're still a while away from training becoming really serious. Gee, that was a hell of a magic birthday. He was there, and then he's not there. We've just seen a massive greyhound. That, he's a greyhound. He's quick. He's naturally quick. He's just disappeared. Our, our co-host for today, Cal the Greyhound, has decided to leave with a sense of urgency that has now prompted Andrew to, uh, to leave the room, possibly to make sure that we don't have a greyhound-sized accident happening. No, I just don't like him to go into the room where my super suits are, just because ah. he's a... He, he, you know what he did today when I was at work? Um, I came home, and he was just like on the couch, and I walk in, and he's just looking at me. And I'm like, you've done something wrong. And I looked down at the floor, and he took one of my bags that was uh, on my shoe rack, and he's just, like, taking everything out of it. There was, like, a, a Ziploc bag full of, like, uh, tea bags. There's a couple bottles of cough syrup in there, and he's just, like, strewing it out over the floor. I'm like, you little jerk. <laughs> and he's just looking at me like, I know I did it, but Look I, don't, what I, I did. don't even care. I got through the zipper. Yeah. You know, I thought you were going to say he took everything out, folded it. He actually it got through the Ziploc bag without destroying it. I can't open a Ziploc no. bag without, like, at least a profanity or seven. Yeah, it would just stab scissors through the side or Pretty much. Like yeah, I don't yeah. reuse Ziploc because I destroy mm. them all. So it's been two weeks since we caught up. Indeed. And we actually released the Oxfam. Well, I actually released the Oxfam last week because I remembered. I did talk to the boys, uh, El Pace Bros, about that episode. Uh, Omar thought we were extremely fair and kind to him. He was expecting it to be a lot worse. So he was um, glad that we didn't go in quite as deep as picking on him as possibly we could have. And I think it just goes to show that we're good teammates. All right, well, next time um, the gloves are off, Omar, we tried to do you a favor and you just had to complain about it. Yep. That's cool. Um, the other thing is that they want me to admit that um, I possibly understated and didn't make a fine enough point about the number of toilet stops I needed to make in the first two stages. Fair. So they've reminded me that apparently my count was five toilet stops in the first 22 kilometers. That's pretty... Which is quite frequent. That's a lot. Um, including one desperate moment where I think we were 30 seconds away from finding something off the side of the path before actually coming across a rest stop. So, But you know, how long... But, but like 22 kilometers there takes you, what, five hours or something? It takes you about four or five hours. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, that's... I mean, that's fair. Frequent I, stopping it was, yeah. for I mean, sure. Because you're fueling a lot more. You're drinking a lot more. So, yeah. And you're not necessarily sweating it out as fast as you would had you been running. No. And when you're walking, your body has more of a chance to digest and process food mm. than beforehand. So, yes, I, I will admit that I was uh, possibly... I definitely fell behind at one point and had to run to catch up to them. Fair. So, you know, so so there you go, boys. I've come clean on that one. Daryl wants to point out how amazing he was up the last hill. Okay. Um, so, yep, good on you, Daryl. We've always talked up your hill climbing, so what more do you want to, you know? <laughs> um, and did we mention we had beers at the finish line? Mm. I don't think so. I think you mentioned... No. No, we had beers at the finish line. So nice. Simon brought us beers, and um, Omar's friend Miguel brought us donuts oh, and everything. Oh, nice. And there's nothing quite like the acceptance you get in public drinking a beer at 5.30 in the morning. Like yeah. People just look at you and go, that's an athlete. Well, ever since there. COVID, yeah, it's normal. But yeah. you know what? I tell you what, gee, I don't drink beer, but there's nothing like a beer after a hard race or a long run. Mm. or It just tastes magical. Yeah. Everything that you eat after a real... Anything over four or five hours, I think the first thing that enters your mouth yeah. is the best thing you've ever tasted. 
Well, I will. When I went away on the weekend, I took some of that zero craft beer that we got at those um, at that event when we went to the Trails Plus event. Oh yeah. And they had that zero craft beer, and I gave it to a friend of mine who was very, very, very skeptical about it. That was the one with the electrolytes in it, right? That was the one with the electrolytes yeah. in it and everything. And his comment, because I, I made him go to park run in the morning. Yep. And so he did a park run for the first time ever. And then when we got back to the house, I said, you get a beer for that. But I gave him the zero alcohol craft sports beer. He said, you know what? It tastes like beer. It does. It really it does. It tastes like beer. And it really hit the spot after that yeah. 50K. Um, and then we did a deep dive as to why it's non-alcoholic beer is better than other non-alcoholic alcoholic beers, which is a whole bunch of press release stuff. Well, because at yeah. least that non-alcoholic beers gives you some benefit. Yeah. Sodium and magnesium and, and stuff like that. Potassium and the yeah. other five electric, two yeah. electrolytes, whatever they are. Yeah. So so there we go, boys from El Pace Bros. Rebuttal or extra content on last week's Oxfam episode tabled officially. Yay. Yeah. How's your training been over the last two weeks? Good. I mean, I was sick last week. Mm. I mean, I'm still getting over it. It was a bit, bit of a nasty chest infection. So last week was kind of hit and miss. But I got my necessarily my necessary mileage done. Like, for example, there was I was meant to do uh, two and a half hours on the trails on the Saturday. So there's going to be 50 minutes of easy, 50 minutes threshold, 50 minutes easy. I ended up kind of breaking that up into a couple different, like, so that basically... It's two hours 40. Two, uh, no, it's not. 50, 50, 50, 50. It's 150 minutes. Two hours and 30. No, two hours 30. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I was only off by 10. Big deal. Okay. Wait for somebody at the end of a race for 10 minutes well, and see we'll, how many we'll, people come in between that. We'll talk about this in an article I'm going to talk about soon. Fair enough. But anyway. But yeah, so the first day, because I, I couldn't stop coughing mm-hmm. and I just, I was like not feeling great. So the first day I just did 50 minutes easy. Yep. Then the next day um, I went out to the trails and I did it was funny it's hard to gauge threshold on the trails mm, yeah. um, because like especially at like the Yu Yangs where you start off at um, where Flinders Peak starts I didn't go up Flinders Peak I went toward the east uh, the northern range walk uh, or northern range trail and so you're, you're doing that and no matter how easy you're going a lot of that's like uphill it's yep. gonna be but it was good so I did my hundred minutes there um, and pretty much the whole time, I was just like, whatever. So this is before you got sick? No, that's during. That oh, was like during. right in the middle of it. So okay. I was like coughing and everything was great. <laughs> um, so that was that. This week, bit, bit better. Um, I went out yesterday for one of my one of those float style workouts. It was just like half mile on, then a quarter mile float and did that. Uh, still a little bit wheezy and coffee. I'm feeling much better today. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so... I've, it's funny, I've gotten the mileage that I've meant to get mm-hmm. and the efforts and the quality that I'm meant to get, but a couple of them have been broken up over a few different efforts. Yep. But we're getting there. Kurt's okay with that? He's happy? Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, I was like, look, dude, this is this is what happened. Uh, this is this. Is what, he's like, yeah, dude, that's, that's... It's like, just as long as you get better, like, you don't want to obviously push yourself too hard. Um, it's not going to affect, like, one week or two weeks is not going to affect fitness, especially if you're still doing stuff. Yeah. Um, which, granted, rightfully so, I probably shouldn't have been. But, like, <laughs> who does that? Well, I mean, we're still 123 days from Melbourne Marathon. So that's plenty of time to start a training session, let yeah. alone be several weeks into it. Yeah, like, we like yeah. We're, we're, we're golden, man. Mm. Golden golden girls. <laughs> right? <laughs> from Jersey boys to golden girls. Nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, 
I was meant to ask you how your running's going. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna sit here until you bring it up. <laughs> so yeah. I had like I had like a melt like I think I just had a stroke. You just like, reset. We just went silent. Why? Yeah. yeah, so how's your running going? Oh thanks for asking, Andrew. <laughs> That's all right. I just um, I thought it might. Oh so I I we just had the long weekend here in Melbourne and so I didn't want to worry about running over the long weekend because I was going away with friends and there's always gonna be some frivolity and festivities when that's happening. So I worked really, really hard the week before, um, culminating with uh, a 20-odd K run on the Friday morning before I went away. Mm. So I went into the long weekend with a rolling average of 100 Ks on my legs, okay. um, which was you know pretty good, uh, and then did a little park run on the Saturday and then took the rest of the Saturday, Sunday, Monday completely off. Uh, it was Tuesday evening until I got out for yeah. another run. So I had a good, solid reset um which is good it's, it's it's like i've been building since coming back from thailand in late april i've been building up has it been that long it's already? been that long wow. yeah so i've been building now for seven or eight weeks mm. up to now I'm, i've got my rolling average between 70 and 90 kilometers uh, a week yeah and so now i'm just going to maintain that rolling average for the next 16 weeks or so before i start to taper nice um before melbourne so yeah uh a little bit of like last week was a real pain because I'm like trying to move commutes around and bike rides around to try and get enough mileage before going away, but not getting so much mileage that I go out and I do like, you know, four 20 kilometer days back to back to back to back. Like I was sure. trying to be smart with it, but at the same time kind of loaded up and it was good. I was, I was sufficiently tired when I went into that rest weekend. And so I really enjoyed the rest weekend and that's good. got eight hours sleep a night every night which that's, is just amazing that's awesome yeah I that's the that. best bit of it i got mm. 10 hours of sleep on saturday i think it was beautiful how good sleep i like it Sleep's a lot good. i think it's probably better than running yeah yeah probably is can we do that more <clears throat> why do they have sleep competitions don't they they probably do actually they probably do yeah um but hey a couple of things uh i wanted to talk about um some interesting articles that came around one's a bit of a tip one's a topical uh, thing that we talked about actually whilst we were on break but haven't talked about on the podcast mm. and then the final one's just a little bit of a you serious what the from the world of pop culture right now um the first one was you were just talking about it before uh, we were just talking about it before um running for time versus running for distance which is better for runners and when should you do one versus the other this is an article from runners world uh the australian version so runnersworld.com.au um and they're talking about, um, you know, our minds process distance and time differently. Mm. So when you're going out for a workout, setting yourself a target of distance versus setting yourself a distance of time will absolutely change the way you feel, mm. approach. Um, and it's also for different training. It's stuff that it'll, you'll get benefits from. Well, yeah, that's that, mm. that, that, that was where my mind went. It's like, mm. well, yeah, it just depends on what you're, you're training for. Like, I mean... If we talk about time, do we talk about are we trying to get to a certain distance in that amount of time, or are we just just running trying to find time on legs? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So the way the mind approaches, I'm going to do two and a half hours on legs, versus the mind going, I'm going to run, I don't know, twenty five kilometers. Yeah. Okay. So the mind will approach it differently. Apparently, studies find that you're more likely to maintain an even pace when you're doing which of those, time or distance. I'm going to say. I'm going to say time. Correct. Nice. Studies find you're more likely to maintain an even pace throughout a time-based interval, but run faster 
in a distance-based effort. Huh. Well, I feel like doing it by just time and not distance actually takes pressure off. Like, well, I know when I've been given hmm. workouts that are just like, just do like 120 minutes on legs today. I, it yeah. takes a lot of the pressure off of, yep. um, I need to get to X amount of kilometers today. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to like do it and see yeah. what happens. If I'm fast, I'm fast. If I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. Um, and I say it's mentally, it's like when you're running a certain distance, depending on the course, you've got the visual sensation of that's mm. how far I need to run to. I need to get to that point. Mm. Whereas when you're running by time, you're just constantly checking the watch. So you're actually a little bit distracted from running hard, mm. but you're also more on top of what you're doing and, and more likely to notice if you're dropping off or going too fast, which is where the even pace comes in. There you go. Um, but here's, here's why and when you should run by time. Yeah. To hone a sense of effort. So when you aren't concerned with your pace or how far you've run or how far you've got to go, it's easier for you to gauge when your body is feeling at different speeds, which means it's better for you to go practice running at a certain pace or tempo pace or threshold pace or something like that. Sure. What they're suggesting is when you're going to do tempo pace or threshold pace or something like that, don't go out there and say, I'm going to do it for 10 kilometers. Go out and say, I'm going to do it for 40 minutes. Or kind of like, yeah, kind of like my run. 50 minutes easy, 50 minutes threshold, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, correct. Yeah, okay, I like that. Yeah. That's fine. Um, and the other one is, this is a great one, you want to run by time to relieve pressure on yourself. So when you're returning from yeah. injury, you've come back from a break from running, you're simply not feeling great, or you're sitting there going, I don't really want to work out today, but I feel like I have to work out. Don't go run 5Ks, 10Ks, run 30 minutes, mm. run 50 minutes, run something like that. It's actually interesting because, like, when I go for time, I feel more comfortable when I'm mm. running for time, just stopping and walking for a couple seconds if I feel like it. Yeah. Like I'm just like hey, whatever because like, it's f when you're running for distance, even though you know it's like I, I do my eight mile, uh, my thirteen kilometer mm. uh, recovery runs in the beginning of the week, I know that that's like I need to run thirteen kilometers, and yeah. part of me is like I just want to get this done, and so sometimes I. Uh, I, I, I uh, drift into that dangerous, uh, you know, heart rate's a little bit too high because yeah. I'm just trying to get the thing done. Whereas when I just go for time, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. And the other time, so, so those are the two examples of when you should run by time. To run by distance, you should run by distance when you want to learn a specific pace. So, which seems counterintuitive to the me, one before. So when you should run by time is to hone a sense of effort. Yeah. You should run by distance to learn a specific pace. I guess that makes sense. Because when you're running for time, like say threshold pace, yeah. you know how long, like most people can hold the threshold from anywhere from 45 to 60 minutes. Yeah. A lot of, for a lot of people, that is their 10K yeah. race pace. True. But if you want to do a half marathon, you can't do that you whole can't, thing at you threshold. Can't, you can't. I mean, mm. some people can, yeah. but it's hard. Um, but I guess, um, when you're, what was the, what, what I lost? To learn specific pace. Yeah. So, you run by distance. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that, that makes sense. Cause it's like, well, I know I have to do 20 kilometers today. I know mm. I need to figure out what that pace is. And so I'm going to play a little bit more conservatively than say, mm. if I'm just doing 50 minutes, yeah. whatever effort. And one of the examples they give here is repeats at a running track. There's a reason why you do 400 meters or 800 meters. You don't just do 60 seconds or... 30 seconds or something like that. You're trying to run a specific Spirit. distance and pace yourself over that distance, not just for a certain amount of time. Although 60, 60 is great. 60 yeah. minutes hard, 60 minutes easy. Mm. But yeah, it's it's definitely like you can you can kind of gauge, like you look at one 400 meter repeat and mm. then you do that same workout six months later and 
you kind of know if you're stagnating, regressing, or progressing. Yeah. Yeah. And then this last one's interesting. Why and when you should run by distance to reach a distance goal. So what they're saying is when you're trying to build up to like a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, or a marathon, there's certain mileage milestones along the way that you want to hit. Like you don't want to go into a 42K race, a marathon, having only done 25Ks. You kind of need to do more than that. Mm. But then we're also told when training for a marathon, oh, no, it's time on legs. You know, you want to try and get that three hours, three and a half hours. Mm. Now, I had a conversation with a guy from Western Athletics a couple of weeks or so about this, about training for a marathon. And we were debating the merits of how far you should train during marathon training to prepare for the marathon. And I remember a couple of years ago, I would actually do a 45K run to prep for the 42 because then I knew I had an extra nearly 10% in the bank. I was that confident of doing it. Whereas he was saying, no, he would never do that. He'd never go past 36Ks, maybe 38 maximum Mm. or something. Um, So where do you stand on that? I stand on the... the, Okay, so this this is a hard one because A, you don't want to leave your race uh, in a training run, right? So like... You don't want to go out and do a 40... I, for me, I don't want to go out and do like 45 kilometers and be like, that's, well, okay, I'm, I'm a week or two out from the thing and I've just exploded myself. But at the same time, it's like, it's kind of hard to limit it to um, like time, like three, three and a half hours. Because I, I do believe that if you're going to be out on legs for anything longer than three, three and a half hours, you're probably into diminishing returns. Mm. But, but... You also have people that it's going to take five, five and a half, six, six and a half hours, even seven hours to complete a marathon. Yeah. And going out for a three-hour run for that person is just not going to give them the time on legs that they need for that. Because most of the time, if you're running a marathon, your biggest run is three, three and a half hours, average. But if you know you're going to finish the marathon in seven hours, it's kind of hard. That's only going to get you to 21, 25 Ks Yeah, so. so like... Mm. it's kind of then you start to think okay well you, do I do I add time or do I and we've talked about this before do I split up my long run three hours one day two or three hours the next day yeah or um, even morning night yeah 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 so have a good break in the middle to try and recover but then um, go again at night I mean I, I'm when I'm building up a training routine I will focus on running by distance mm. and then at a certain point once I've got the sorry reverse that I will focus on running by time. I'm going to run sure. for an hour. I'm going to run for 90 minutes. I'm going to run for two hours. Yeah. And then at a certain point, once I'm training for a marathon and I'm at the two-hour mark, I start setting dual goals. Mm. I'm going to run for 2.15 or 24 kilometers, whichever is longer oh, yeah. of the two. I like that. And so you try and pick things where you've kind of got a guiding pace in your head and you know how far you should get mm. in that time. But what you don't want to do is have them so far apart that one's just completely unrealistic. Like if it gets to, if you say it's 2.15, 2 hours 15 or 28 kilometers, yeah. well, guess what? You're going to get to 2 hours 15 and you're still going to have 3 kilometers to go. And that's way more load and increase in that training session than you probably want. Yeah. But And then eventually at a certain point, I'm like, hey, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Gotta I've got to get 33Ks done. Yeah. I've got to get 36Ks. Yeah. And that's where point-to-point events are really good. Like if I run from the city to home, doesn't matter how long I how slow it takes. Gonna happen. I've got to run thirty three k's. I've got to. Otherwise, I don't get home. So that's a, a point where distance can really kick in later in training. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. I like that. A little bit of science we've brought to matters. That's what we always do. Yeah. Isn't it? And sometimes we even read the article beforehand. Yeah. I, 
I look. I like to go off the cuff. Yeah. And, uh, Spontaneous. I, yeah, I play by my own rules. Yeah. You know? Hey, talking about someone who plays by their own rules, what a segue that was. Thank you. We didn't talk about this um, on the podcast, but it was actually quite the brouhaha in the running community when it happened. Um, this is the uh, story from back in April. Ultra runner Joasai Zakareski was disqualified from the Great Britain Ultra in Manchester to Liverpool 50-mile race, which she finished third in and accepted a podium and a medal for, for using the car for part of the route. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Didn't he, like, have some excuse she? where he... Oh, she, sorry. Yes. She had, like, an excuse where, like, she was like, oh, it was something weird. It's like, not that she thought it was okay, but, like, she thought that the race was over i can't remember what it was but what was her what was her reason so the 47 year old from scotland is believed to have traveled 2.5 miles of the 50 mile race by car after gps data revealed she covered a mile in just one minute 40 seconds and can't everybody do that so uh she was disqualified um that you know zakroweski had gained a competitive advantage during a section of the event she yeah. rode in a car no shit no yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so reviewed the uh, information. So she's 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 a good runner. She's a really good runner. Well, yeah, she'd have to be to run a mile in a minute. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> but but she is um, like this disqualification from this event and this publicity is actually going to really impact her career and opportunities. Mm. Um, what happened was uh, she felt unwell. The race didn't go to plan. She said she was feeling sick and tired on the race and wanted to drop out. Apparently, she went to a person and said hey back there i was feeling sick um i'm not going to finish i've jumped in the car and driven to this aid station um i'm going to withdraw and the people at the aid station said oh no come on you've, you've worked so hard to get here don't withdraw keep going finish the race and so she intended she says to finish the race but not accept the medal accept the prize money accept the podium Except that somehow, at some point, she found herself in front of the fourth place person, who should have been the third place person, mm. didn't let that person pass, then finished the event, accepted the medal, was photographed holding the medal. Yeah, see, I, yeah. I, I, I was with her. Like, I'm like, yeah, okay, finish. But as soon as she accepted that medal, mm-hmm. like, as soon as she took the photograph, I'm like, I, you've lost me because mm. you have now accepted something that you know you didn't actually earn. Sure, mm. maybe... Maybe you were only off course for a couple minutes, whatever. But like, well, two and a half miles of a fifty-mile course is yeah, quite I, a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so like, mm. I mean, I don't buy it. I just don't think that. I, I think is the moment that she accepted that medal, she knew she was doing the wrong thing. Like, you know, you're doing the wrong thing. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, good. If your friggin' uh, career has to take a hit, not, maybe not permanently. Like, mm. sure, you made a mistake. We all make mistakes. But like, if it's gonna take a hit for a little while. Probably it needs to yeah. because that's a, that's that's just like not cool. She's not inexperienced, so she broke the forty-eight hour world record. So she know, like she knows what rules are. Yeah, she represented Scotland in the marathon at Glasgow twenty fourteen Commonwealth Games. She's represented Great Britain in the World one hundred kilometer Championships. She's come second once and third twice in that event. So Whoa, what? She came what? She came second in the World 100 Championships. Uh, it was just weird. I, my, my brain didn't comprehend that. She, she came, came second, second once, once and third, third twice. twice. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> so she's a good runner. She's yeah. an experienced runner. Um, part of me wonders... She's just a bad person. Did she have just the worst <laughs> day ever? 
Like for someone I mean, that experienced in a 50k to reach a point where she says at the end of the race she didn't know what she was doing when she accepted the events. I mean, I okay. Medals. I can I can kind of understand because I I've finished races where I'm that exhausted. I just mm. don't know. But I don't I don't I don't know. I don't yeah. think I buy it. I think she's just trying to cover like I don't know her from whatever, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Bad I, she, advice by the running yeah. marshal to send her on her way. It should have been, well, hey, you've just told me you've driven in yeah. the car for two and a half miles. You're out. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I don't know, man. It's just like one of those things. I'm just like, she had the sense enough to want to withdraw. Um, like, I don't I don't think you get to the end of the race and accept a medal that you know you didn't earn. Yeah. I don't believe her. I think that's the thing is that, you know, she should have... Like, it shouldn't be up to the marshal to say, to change your mind in a situation no. like that. To say, oh, no, go back out there. Like, you, you're experienced. You know you've ridden in a car. You know you haven't mm. complete, completed the event. You should be pulling yourself out. Yeah, and if you yeah. want to complete the distance, fine. But, like, take your bib off and yeah. just right then and there. It's like, all right, well, I, I didn't do it, but I'm here. I might as well just get the workout in, whatever. Mm. Um, and where's your support crew in this? Your support crew who gave you That's the ride a good in the point. car. Like fifty miles, you need a support group. That's eighty kilometers. Yeah, about eighty-five kilometers. So, even if it's point to point, mm. you'd assume that there's someone along the way. Like unless it was a complete and total stranger who picked her up and drove her, which I don't think it is. I mean, just scanning through this article really quickly, um, yeah, it was just a friend who said she felt unwell and is genuinely sorry. But some friend, you know, genuinely sorry, she got caught. Yeah, exactly. I think that's. What's exactly. happened there? I think so too. So, mm. slap on the wrist, you. You take, run, take it. You run your own race. You need to control. Be responsible and control your own actions. That's right. Yeah. Have you ever thought about cheating during a race? No. No. Um, I I don't even like taking corners too sharply <laughs> because, like, do you know? What I'm yeah, me too. <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, I better not like step on the grass here because yeah. that's like I'm off. I don't. I just don't. No. Every time I finish an event and my Garmin's under, I'm like, what did I do wrong? Did yeah. I cheat the system? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, even at a Spartan, I'm just like, oh yeah, you won't even take a skip the burpees during no, a Spartan, and no. you will judge others who do. I do. I judge people all <laughs> yeah. the time. Good. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we teach here on the Breaking the Barrier podcast yeah. to judge above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Oh, all right. Final one I want to talk to you about. Yeah, buddy. Now, you, I probably already spoiled this for you because you saw it in the article. Did I? Um, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, I did see that title. Mark Zuckerberg, 38 years old, yeah, younger than I thought, which is annoying, because he's really, really rich. I'm really that age and not really, really yeah. rich. Yeah, he's, he's 38 years old, he's really, really rich. He ran, on the weekend, a 5K in 19 minutes 34. Pretty good, that beats my PB. That beats my PB, that's quick. That is pretty that's quick. That's a really quick PB. Um, he was good enough for 11th place out of... 885 people who ran in this race. Right. So, pretty good. Um, he says he used to run a lot, but the problem with running is you can think a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess when you're Zuckerberg and you've got a whole bunch of problems to deal with... You don't want to think about them. No. So, now he does mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And what he credits himself to is, um, I stopped running for a while... And got stronger from mixed martial arts. Huh. Then I went for a run about a month before this race and realized I was faster than before. 
I barely train running now and I'm running faster than when I used to run a lot. Facebook, more like race book, am I right? <laughs> we should workshop these things. That was pretty good. We, was it? No. Yeah. It wasn't but, bad. But I think that's good. Everybody out there was thinking it. Yeah, right. Yeah. 1934 is, is good. I, I was actually having a, comp, a conversation with a friend of mine on the weekend who is not an athlete, uh, literally does nothing uh, at the moment in terms of exercise or anything like that. And we had a debate, possibly assisted with a few alcoholic beverages, nice. about whether or not two years from now he could beat the time I ran at Parkrun on the weekend, which was 22.50. Probably. He probably could. Yeah. So coming from, so he's, he's 45, zero exercise. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Who are we talking about? We're talking my, about a friend, not my Mark friend, Zuckerberg. Oh. Not Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. No, Mark Zuckerberg, I think, can definitely beat my time two years from now. Fair enough, Because yeah. he's only going to be 40 then. Yeah, he's... But my friend, who's 45, okay. who doesn't exercise at all, doesn't train at all. No running history? No running history whatsoever. What's the weight? Oh, in his 90s, I'd say. Yeah? Yeah. Height? Uh, shorter than you. I don't think so. You don't reckon he can get... Oh! 22.50. That's hard. It's hard. Mm. I can't... It's hard to say because he... I mean... He's well-rested. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of injuries. We have to know what his baseline is. Yeah. Like, because if he goes out today and runs a 50-minute 5K and, and it's killing him, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess it's possible. I mean, when I first started running 5Ks, I was running them in 30 minutes. Mm. And a couple of years later, I ran my PB at 19.52. So I guess yeah. it's possible. It would take a lot of work, but also a lot of smart work. Yeah, he'd have to do, like, he would have to start with a couch to 5K. Yeah. Like, literally, he'd start to, and a couch to 5K gets you running 5Ks in somewhere in 30 minutes or so, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think, it's hard to say that I don't think a 22-minute, 50-second 5K is hard, but for somebody who's never run before, mm. I mean, I think anybody can, I think anybody who trains can probably do a 5K in under 25 minutes to yeah. 30 minutes um can anybody do a 5k in under 23 minutes i don't know i remember the first time i ran 22 30 that was the week after my first marathon i think yeah um that felt really hard to me but yeah. then a year later that's when i did under 20 minutes like but it's it's i think he would probably, if say his first 5K is 40 minutes, mm. he'd have a lot easier time going from 40 to 30, 30 to 25, mm. than 25 to 24 to 23 to 22. Yeah. Once you start, once the once the time percentage of reduction increases, yeah, 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 yeah. the overall time. Yeah, it's like it's like if you run a a, a mile, right? Yeah. Like my PB for a mile, uh, 1600 meters is 607 mm. for me to shave even three or four seconds off of that mm. will take a lot of work yeah but with a 5k shaving 10 15 minutes off your first couple times fine but then when you get down to that 25 minute mark yeah every minute then every second is yeah. hard as so 40 minutes to 36 minutes is a 10 percent improvement yeah and i but think then 36 minutes to so, well it's funny because yeah. like when, when you do your first one it's like you you don't know what's happening no. and then <laughs> no. you're like all right well that's what a 5k is i think then you know like you could probably go from 40 to like 37 within experience within a couple weeks yeah exactly. yeah um just because you're like yeah i know what the 5k feels like now and now i know mm. what i can do 37 to 30 
yeah. maybe six months. Yeah. Uh, to, I don't know. It's hard to. It's hard to tell. It's hard to the, gauge. The the conversation we had on the weekend, there was two bets on the table at one point. One was could he beat my time from the weekend twenty two fifty, and then the other one was just a straight out two years from now could he beat me, and I was like, well. I just no, I'm not going to even let you bet that one because no. unless I'm injured, yeah, no, two years from now, well, something horrible has happened. No, in not. which case, we won't be celebrating that you're beating me. We'll be commiserating what's happened to me. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Like he's um, he's done all the right things. He's instantly started looking at gadgets and Garmin <laughs> watches and stuff yeah. like that. So he's going to be so, broke like the rest of us. Yeah, he'll be broke like the rest of us. I mean, you know, the first six months will be spent procrastinating, and then yeah, we'll see yeah. where we go. I mean, I like I love that. I I would love to for him to come and talk to us maybe like mm. we can we can see how he's going like if he really wants to do it like i would love to know what his baseline is yes and then and then we can go from there because that would be an exciting journey to follow mm. like if he wants to um go as fast i mean that's mm. you know that's why i started this podcast to go as fast as i could and as fast as i mm. uh and, and as soon as i could mm. and then i ended up injured for a year yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> because <laughs> so, he's totally listening to the wrong advice because when i left the room he asked my family what does zach do to um train and they're like oh you're doing lots of strength training and cross training so when he came back he's like oh i know i need to do strength training and cross training i said you're not a runner no runner does cross training no, and strength no, training we just we avoid it we pretend we do yeah we just tell people to do it and then we don't yeah i just go out into the spare room and lie down and just stretch out for a little bit and i tell people that's cross training. you're not stretching dude you're sleeping i'm having a nap yeah. correct that's yeah that's recovery <laughs> so yeah so we'll see um we'll see what it is we'll see how that goes i don't know if we'll ever start but um i'd love to i'd love for him to be yeah. I think it'd be amazing. I think it'd be awesome. It'd be brilliant. I yeah. think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. That's all I've got as well. Yeah. Short week, quick week. Good to have you back, listener. Hope you found this interesting. You did. I, I did. They did. They did. I'm just telling them what they think. Well done, you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Very good. All right, well, that, like I said, that's all we have. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. We hope to see you out there on the roads, trails, and the treadmills going above and beyond what you ever thought possible. We will catch you next time.